0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm coming to you this week from Cebu in the Philippines, where I'm actually attending a mastermind conference retreat that's really awesome. I'm at a retreat run by Chris Ducker called Tropical Think Tank. And it's a couple days into the event, and it has just been incredible. So this is the first podcast I'm recording since I moved to Asia, which is exciting. So we arrived in Hong Kong. Just so you know, everything is all good. If you've been following me on Instagram, which is at Wellpreneur, then you've seen like my latest shots of discovering my new neighborhood and the city and the co-working space I've been checking out and just trying to settle into our new life in Hong Kong. But just after I was there for a week, now I've come here to the Philippines for a week for this retreat. And I'm really not only getting some much needed vitamin D after being in London, but also getting totally inspired, connecting with other entrepreneurs and making some really awesome connections and getting some amazing podcast guests. So stay tuned for that. Now, this week on the show, I'm talking with Brett Larkin of Brett Larkin Yoga. Brett has over 50,000 YouTube followers for her online yoga channel. It's just awesome. And what I love about Brett's story is that she's actually still working in a corporate job as she's growing this amazing presence on YouTube. Now, I discovered Brett because of one of you. One of your listeners actually wrote in and suggested Brett as a guest. And I looked into her. I had never come across her work before. It was really awesome and we connected and hit it off, had a great conversation. So thank you so much to Elizabeth who suggested Brett as a guest. So if there is a Wellpreneur out there who you're really inspired by, feel free to tweet me or mention it in the Facebook group or send us an email through the website and let us know who you'd love to hear from because, yeah, I'm always looking for amazing guests. Now, truth be told, I'm pretty booked up. I'm booked up all through June now for interviews, but I still want to hear about the people you find amazing and we can get them booked in in the second half of the year. And if you haven't come over yet to join us in the Facebook group, you totally want to do that because why listen to the podcast on your own? Yes, podcasts fit into your life, but Rather than just trying to figure out how to apply what you're learning on your own, just come over to our group and we can all work through it together. You can connect with other podcast listeners, other Wellpreneurs, ask your questions, get advice and feedback on what you're doing. And it's a total promo free zone. There's over 600 Wellpreneurs in the Facebook group. And that is just such a teensy slice of you guys listening because there's 5,000 of you listening. So come on over to the Facebook group and hang out with us there because it's really fun. You can get to that through the show notes. I'll just link up to it there. Or if you go into Facebook, just start typing Wellpreneur and you'll find the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group. Okay, let's turn over now to this interview with Brett Larkin of Brett Larkin Yoga. Hi, Brett. Welcome to the show. Hi,
1: Amanda. Thanks so much for having me. So excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is great. So actually, you were a listener request. And so for all the listeners out there,
1: when I ask,
0: you know, who are the burners you'd really love to hear the backstory on and you'd love to have on the show, it actually happens. This is so cool. So I'm really super excited to have you here. But Brett, for people
1: that don't know you, could you just give us a little idea of what it is that you do and, and the online side of your business? Sure. So I'm a yoga teacher online, which sounds pretty weird. But how that actually works is I have a YouTube channel that's grown so much, especially the past year as I really got focused on it. We can talk about that. So I have close to 50,000 people, subscribers on YouTube where I teach classes, I teach meditation, I teach yoga, people follow along. And in addition to that, this year, I'm running my first retreats and events. And doing that all, I like to say I'm a little atypical, right? like I'm a yoga teacher, but I don't teach that much in studios with my retreats, you know I like to hold them in cities and have them be like really cultural and glamorous <laughs> as opposed to like doing yoga in a yurt somewhere or something like that. So yeah, that's kind of me and I come from corporate world corporate background. so I, you know I can relate to a lot of your listeners who are maybe still in that position. but yeah, I teach yoga, meditation and I also sell, Courses around yoga and meditation, and I sell actual physical products like yoga props and special myofascial release props and stuff like that.
0: Awesome. Okay, I want to talk about all of that, but just to get started, take us back to when you were thinking about starting your business. Like, when was that, and how did you like? Did you always know you wanted it to be online, or is that something you
1: just evolved into? Mm, that's such a great question, Amanda. Because I never realized I was starting a business. <laughs> And I think that's something that, you know, when you're really passionate about something, I never thought I could make money doing yoga. So I always just dismissed it completely. So I was initially, you know, I was working a corporate job. I used to work in the video game industry and I loved it. I had a really fun job at the time I made like dance and fitness games. So the first half of my career was pretty in sync with sort of who I am. It felt aligned, I like to say, because I was... It was like technology and movement and dance. I made all those like Just Dance Wii games, if anyone's played those back in the day. And I really, really loved yoga. And I started doing a teacher training. Probably a lot of listeners can relate to that, right? You fall in love with yoga, you do a teacher training. And I always told myself, I was like, Oh, I'm just doing teacher training because I love yoga. I'm never actually going to teach yoga. But of course, there's this little voice inside of me, and I'm sure, hopefully, a lot of listeners can relate to that little voice that's like, "No, actually, I really, really want to be a yoga teacher. I want to teach like thousands of people, and it's like I want to teach millions of people." But I really suppress and kind of squash that voice down, and I ended up, uh, you know, that whole movement game industry kind of blew up, and then it was like a fad, like everything, right? Wasn't as big, and I ended up working other corporate jobs that I really wasn't, I wasn't happy, it wasn't aligned. And I started just kind of making YouTube videos on the side for fun. It started because I was too afraid to teach a real class. So I was way too nervous to teach a class with real people in it. But I've always loved video game making. Ever since I was a little kid, I've loved making videos. I've loved editing. That's another thing I'd like really encourage listeners to think about. It's like, what did you love to do when you were young? Just naturally. I like to call it that, like that self that has no agenda, right? That kid, like what do they love doing? I always was making videos constantly, usually of troll dolls. <laughs> um, you know, those little dolls that have like this hair that sticks straight totally. up. Does mm-hmm. anyone remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, hundreds of troll doll adventure videos. And I really love sequencing. Something I do that's maybe a little different than other yoga teachers. I really plan out my sequencing. I have a dance background, kind of like choreography So I thought, you know, maybe if I recorded the video and put it on YouTube, it would help me remember the sequence, right? Because I'm not an artist. So writing it down or drawing it sort of wasn't an option. And I was actually trying to explore some other businesses. Like I even had my own sort of more traditional tech startup with a co-founder of mine who used to work at Google. I was still kind of pursuing like the typical sort of tech startup. All the while, I was like putting these videos on YouTube on the side. And. All of a sudden, you know, I saw the momentum. I saw them starting to do well. I saw people start to comment. I saw subscribers and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. You know, maybe I should try to post more consistently. I was always doing it on the side with this perspective that this could never be an option for me because, you know, who makes money teaching yoga? And that would just be too, too good to be true. And over time, something that happened is, you know, working on myself is it's like making that shift. And especially over the past two, three years, I've really stepped into owning that, you know what? Yeah. Maybe if you're just going to teach yoga in like a local studio, you're not going to be able to make a living or the kind of living I want to make doing that. But you know, what's so cool about online is that there is this huge opportunity for scale and a huge opportunity to make a bigger impact too, because you're touching more people. So I really never realized I was starting a business until it sort of like hit me. And I was like, Whoa, my numbers on YouTube are really good. Like if I was looking at my channel as a startup, you know, that like high growth graph that everyone wants, it's like up and to the right, right? I'm like, Whoa, this is crazy up and to the right in terms of growth, engagement. And that's when I started to just get really excited and start rolling out like paid courses? What can I do with e-commerce? And a big turning point for me was when I actually got invited to YouTube. My channel got big enough that I got invited to go to YouTube and meet all these other YouTube creators. And when I actually met people who were making a full-time living on YouTube, and I knew a couple people who were making a full-time living online, but I wasn't standing right next to them. It felt sort of intangible. And, you know, Amanda, we even mentioned a little bit before we started recording about like the six figure business online. And, you know, I just feel like it's like this myth, right? Like you hear people talk about it, but I was, I'm very skeptical. I wasn't convinced. But when I went to YouTube and I saw myself, I was surrounded with around 300, 400 other people. They all were making full time livings just on YouTube in different niches, like woodworking tutorials on YouTube, like 200 beauty girls on YouTube who I had never heard of. And it was so inspiring and they gave me so much advice. And that's just another tip for listeners. It's like, try to get surrounded by a community or get in touch and be around people who are doing what you're doing because it'll make it feel so much more tangible for you. And they'll really be able to guide you and show you the way. And now I'm working on investing even more. I'm flying to LA in two weeks to go to a similar event, actually, that I'm paying to go to. But just because I really believe like you are who you hang out with. So if you want to be making that you know, business online or making your full-time living off YouTube, you need to be hanging out with other people who are doing that. Because it's oh going to really inspire you. Yeah. So that sorry, that was so really, weird. really long-winded.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. That's such a good overview of your story. And I think I completely agree with you that... Because I have kind of a similar background. I used to work in technology and I was like into dance and I kind of started my blog on the side. And I remember like, I really wanted to do this online business thing. And I didn't know anybody that was running their own business other than like technology startups and founders and things because I was in that world too. I didn't know anybody doing this. Whereas now, like fast forward, whatever that was probably like five years ago, fast forward now, pretty much all my friends run their own businesses and many of them online. And it's just, it's, I don't know, there's something about when you surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do, you can go so much faster because suddenly it's not just this crazy dream that may or may not be true. It's real and you see people doing it. And so you can do it too.
1: Absolutely. And I think especially with women, or maybe some listeners can relate to this, right? You like see someone else's business online and you like feel bad. You're like, oh, their graphics are awesome. They look so much more professional than me. There's like this weird jealousy thing that happens. It totally lowers all of our vibrations. What we really need to do and what I'm really, just like a New Year's resolution of mine was I really wanted to step into a space where I was celebrating and doing co-creation with a couple girlfriends of mine where I was completely always pumping up and promoting their stuff and they were doing the same for me and we were even doing like accountability style. So right now I'm like really into Periscope because I love online video and it's like mobile video. So one of my girlfriends were like Periscope buddies. So we're like forcing each other to go on Periscope every day and we always go into each other's scopes and just like give each other insane support and love like hearting the whole time commenting the whole time so find friends female friends and they don't need to be people you know in person hook up with an accountability online to do that so especially as women we can all just help each other because we're not in competition even if we're selling the same thing like even if you're another yoga teacher or you know whatever it's not a competition there's so much room at the top and we all need to just support and shout out to one another So yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And totally like this is like the whole Wellprinter community. We're all that. We're all spreading health and wellness online. So definitely like people out there listening can go into the Facebook group and connect with somebody. And I think all the promotion we do for each other, it just raises us all higher, which is awesome. So cool. Okay. So what I want to know is, so you built this audience on YouTube because you said you didn't even think it was like a business. You were just Seeing that you're getting a lot of traction and a lot of audience, how did you make your first revenue online? Like, what was the first thing you created, and and how did you do that? Because I know that's a big hurdle for people to think about selling the first thing.
1: Yeah. So, so the very first revenue was YouTube ad revenue. So if you're on YouTube, you have ads on your videos, and a little bit of money starts to trickle in from there. But everyone I talked to at YouTube, and I even know, knew as a newbie that you know YouTube was always just going to be one source of revenue, right? You want to have that as one source and then hopefully you have ebooks and online products or t-shirts or you know all this other stuff around your brand so the very first revenue was that youtube ad revenue so i thought that was interesting but i didn't get too excited about it i think the first thing i sold online gosh i have to like think back and i don't even think it's that long ago it's just been such a whirlwind because once you start doing it you just love it i'd really suggest that everyone sell things that they haven't created yet <laughs> that. Sounds crazy. But you really want to make sure like in tech world, we call it that product market fit. And for, you know, in a lifestyle business, I just call it like really making sure that whatever you're going to sell is what your audience really wants. So the first thing I think I sold, so I had YouTube ad revenue. And then I think I started selling downloads of the classes. Actually, that was the very first thing. Because all many people who were doing my videos on YouTube would say, Hey, I love this video. I want to own it. Where can I download it? And it's like, Hmm, okay. People want to download this class. Let's put it up so they can download and charge like 5 bucks, 8 bucks, whatever for it. So I was making money through digital downloads. But the first big revenue, if you want to talk about that, is I decided I wanted to do a course. And I wanted to do a course that shipped people all my favorite yoga props. Because that's the other thing that I encourage people to think about is, you know, you need to have your free freemium, like free content. And then there's also paid content on top. So what that looks like for your business, and unfortunately, no matter what your business is, I feel like you need to have the free content because that's like your funnel. That's like how people are going to know about you. So you really need to be willing to give a lot away for free, or at least for me, that's very much my model. I give so much value for free. So I'm like, Hmm, okay, what is the premium layer on top of this look like? And for different people's businesses, you know, that could look like more access to you or more individual attention or, you know, something I was really interested in was props. I love my fast release. I love working with props. And my whole thing is like yoga hacks, hacking yoga into your daily life. So like you're doing yoga while you're sitting at the computer or doing little stretches, like while you're in the car or doing little stretches. Like when you're blow drying your hair, I literally have a video on that. I just love that. And a lot of it requires having special props. So, for my kind of premium, first premium product, I really wanted to have a course that also shipped with yoga props. And this was a vision and idea I had for three years. I never did it because everyone I told the idea to, all my friends and family, they were all like, You don't wanna ship props from your house. Like, you don't wanna have inventory. You're gonna have to like ship all these boxes. It's gonna be a total nightmare. Like, what are you thinking? So I'd kind of, you know, like have my tail between my legs. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're right. And finally, a coach that I was working with online was... I don't know if it was something she said to me directly. I can't remember. But she got me super motivated and inspired. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm doing this. Like, I'm so excited about this. I'm doing it. And it's just really a lesson in listening to your own voice. Because I'm sitting right now in the room where I'm recording this podcast, where I'm surrounded... By yoga props. My husband doesn't like it very much because I wholesale order all this stuff and like keep it in our house. But I love shipping physical products. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Like when I send a box out, I'm filled with so much joy and so much happiness to be delivering those props to someone. Like it's again, if I were getting 12 orders a day, right, then you talk about outsourcing and, you know, take it to the next level. But right now, where it's just like here and there, two or three a day, it's so manageable and i love it i love doing something physical because i'm you know i spend so much time like editing and in tech mode so never let someone else tell you like what you're going to enjoy or not enjoy because it can surprise you so sorry my answers are so long but so the first big product was this product it's called always be stretching you can get it right now if you want you know check out the the sales page and see how i kind of laid that out i have a free little course that leads into it but it's all about how to hack Stretching into your day to day life, how to make yoga your lifestyle. And it ships with my five favorite yoga props that are very niche props. Like it's not like you can just get all these on Amazon or get them, um, even through like a yoga wholesaler. They're, they're handpicked from like four or five different places. And some of them are like balls that need to be inflated. And I do all that for you, you know, like otherwise you need to buy a pump and all this stuff. So I just make it so easy and ship you a kit. Mm -hmm. And I sold it before I had any of the props. Because I was like, I'm not going to hold... I thought the smart way to do it and I'd encourage people to do this too is I had a sales page up. I had a pre-order page because I wanted to see if my audience resonated with this offer. Were they excited about it? And I sold out. I think in... I can't remember. It was like a week or two weeks. But like I hit all my numbers and I placed the orders and I've sold out on other runs. I've done it since then. So you really want to test your audience though to make sure that you're selling the right product? And in my case, that was like very clear in the sense that like I was going to make a pretty heavy upfront commitment to buying all these props. So I really want to make sure that they wanted it. Even if you're not making a, you know, doing me like wholesale e-commerce stuff, still do that because you want to make sure that what you're giving is what your audience wants. And sometimes that jives with stuff you experiment with and sometimes it doesn't, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, this whole time that you were building your audience on YouTube were you also building an email list? Or like, is that something that you've done since
1: then? Yes. I love talking about email lists. Yes. I'm (laughs) such
0: a nerd. Um, Well, you've come to the right place because I'm like obsessed with email and email marketing. So
1: please tell us. I'm so obsessed with email (laughs) marketing. Yes. So I was lucky in that, you know, sort of having a tech background, I knew, I knew early that email... Like I wanted to collect people's emails and that was important. I didn't fully understand like how deep it all goes, right? <laughs> but I was lucky in that like my very first website, which was not on WordPress, like not what I use now. It's totally kind of like amateur, right? At least even on that, I was collecting emails pretty early. So yes, I do have an email list. I do collect emails. I have a pop up on my site. I have maybe six different opt ins on my site that give a ton of value to people depending on what they're going through. So I have one that's all for that's for geared towards people who are teachers or considering doing yoga teacher training, right? Which is a lot of like the more advanced students. And then I have one that's geared towards beginners. I have one that's geared towards sort of like this hacking lifestyle optimization program that I love, and I have another opt-in that's actually for brides, so anyone who's getting married and wanting to use yoga and mindfulness as part of their wedding planning and Process. So I have, you know, some different email lists sort of divided up by that. And then, that, you know, there's also like a master email list. And I think the free gift on my site, which I haven't changed just because it works really well, is a free yoga for abs class. So if I don't know anything about you, like I don't know that you're getting married, I don't know that you're an advanced student considering training, I don't know if you're a beginner, that's kind of the general offering is you subscribe to my email list and I send you this free class that's not on YouTube which is like a special core workout. It's really good, by the way. Awesome. I keep you know, how to access like your deepest, deepest core muscles. It's pretty cool. So that's
0: so funny because somebody in our Facebook group just posted, I think they asked the question just recently, like, well, how often should I change my email opt-in? And my answer was, well, just until you find one that works. And then once it works, why would you change it? <laughs> because you're always getting new people in. So it's always new
1: for them. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I you know we all beat ourselves up so much, especially when you have an online business because it's all you and you're the boss. I often think I'm like, oh, I should change this or make it something different. But honestly, I'm really happy with the conversion numbers. I think it's you know like a general offering that can speak to everyone. So yeah, something's working in your business. Like leave that be and you know put out the other fires.
0: Cool. So can you share just quickly some of the tools that you use to run your business? Like for you mentioned WordPress for your website, but what other what other kinds of tools do you use?
1: Yep. I use WordPress. We just talked about opt-ins. So I use MailChimp. I don't love MailChimp. I feel like no one loves MailChimp, but it's what I use. It's the best that there is and most affordable, I think, and gives you the most flexibility. I use something called, I was on another podcast recently and someone didn't know what this was. And I think it's a good tip. It's called Optin Monster. So I definitely suggest checking that out. It's a WordPress plugin and it just makes it really easy to make opt-ins on your own site and see the percentage conversion of those Mm opt-ins. So I love Optin Monster. Otherwise, you know, you can use something like lead pages, which I sometimes use, but lead pages is really expensive. So I like Optin Monster because you just pay for that once and you can put it all over your site. I edit my videos still in iMovie, which I find like when I was at the YouTube conference, I was so embarrassed. Everyone's like, what are you using Adobe? Are you using Final Cut? <laughs> I'm using iMovie. <laughs> um, but the reality is, and it's funny because another YouTube fitness friend of mine, we were, we like jam about this. He still uses iMovie. And the reality is like for what we do for fitness, you really don't need, like iMovie does everything we need. So then that's another thing, like when we have a business, it's like, oh, I should be using Adobe or Premiere or Final Cut Pro. The reality is like, none of those things would really make my videos that much better. My video structure is pretty set and clean, right? It's like a yoga sequence. The editing's not crazy. So I still use iMovie. What about like, how do you sell your videos
0: or sell your products?
1: Do you have a special tool? Ooh, yes. Well, so <laughs> this is an interesting topic. If you're a YouTuber, you have all these companies reach out to you that want to like help you manage your selling. And I was using a company called Pivot Share for a while and they make it really easy to just for people to download your videos and pay by credit card or however. So Pivot Share is great and I enjoyed working with them when I did. However, their model is that they take a high percentage. I don't remember what it is, but it's 20 or 30% of the transaction to cover. You know, you don't pay for it, so that's how it's paid for. And I mean, that is kind of a, makes sense because they're hosting the videos, doing all the payment processing. You know, there's there's all this stuff. But I made a decision pretty early on, especially being a little more technical, I think maybe than the average person, that I really wanted to own everything about my site experience. Like that's why I love lead pages. I don't want to like lead pages is great. I still use it for some stuff, but overall, I want the opt-ins to really be in my site, my ecosystem. And I wanted all my downloads. And especially when I started doing courses, I wanted that all to live in my ecosystem on my website. So I wanted to get off of pivot share. And I actually was able to set up hosting my own videos on Amazon S3. So that's what I use. And Amazon S3 is not as... Don't be as afraid of it as... It's like not as scary as it seems. And it's really cool because I serve all my own content from my own Amazon server. Like, <laughs> feel like such a rock star saying this. <laughs> and I set up all my own payment processors as well. So I have... You can pay with PayPal, which I think is like the worst option. You can pay with Amazon. So I paid to like get the Amazon widget on my WordPress site. And I also set up Stripe, which is an awesome credit card payment processor. And I think at the beginning, I just had PayPal and Amazon. And I layered in Stripe more recently. Stripe's awesome.
0: Stripes, Stripes are really awesome. great. Yeah. yeah. And less fees than PayPal, but it's, it is more technical to
1: set up. You're right. Yep. So now I, yeah, Amazon S3 and I do everything myself. Cool. Thank you. That's great. But I have a mobile app too, which I did not make myself. So that's also, people can download that or find in the iTunes store, the app store. I'm constantly making, trying to make it better, you know, organize the videos better and everything. But So mobile, can I
0: ask, how, how do you have a mobile app if you didn't create it yourself? I paid people
1: to come oh, right yeah. for me. <laughs> and you know, this again, it's all about community. I had another friend, YouTuber, who had an app and he was saying that it was working really well for him and he put me in touch with the exact people who made his. So it was like very high level of trust. So just another reason I have strong communities for everyone listening. It's like, it really helps in your business. You don't want to be, you know, signing up or paying a large sum of money based off something you maybe just saw on like a Facebook ad or someone you don't know. Like at the end of the day, those personal references really count for a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: Absolutely. So I
0: want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your transition from corporate into doing, into, yeah, just running your yoga business. So can you kind of tell us how that's worked for you?
1: Sure. So I still do some corporate work and this is another thing that. I love talking about because it's very close to my heart. I mean, there's a lot of days where I'm frustrated because I want to be 100% on just doing my stuff, my YouTube stuff. But I'm in a great position right now because I'm working for a company that's also in the health and wellness industry. I work remote, so I don't have to go to an office. So I have a lot of flexibility in how I structure my day. And they're very aware of what I'm doing on YouTube. They're a health and wellness content site, it's kind of similar to MindBodyGreen. Green. People know that site, and I do a lot of biz dev and a little bit of ad sales for them. So it's also synergistic for me because I get to talk to health and wellness brands a lot. A lot of times, things that I'm experimenting with on my YouTube channel or on my site or even e-commerce, like everything that I sort of experiment, especially with email on a small scale, I'm then able to take to them. You know, they have like this massive email list of half a million people. So I like to see the two as very synergistic. But getting to where I had this fantastic job that was super flexible was not... It wasn't a simple road. I mean, before that, I was working remote for a different company. So I still I had flexibility, which was good. But I really, really didn't like the work I was doing. It was a bit soul-sucking. And a lot of the people I worked with, it was just hard. It wasn't as good a situation. It wasn't in the health and wellness vertical. So... And one part that was hard was I think I stayed at that other job that I didn't like. All my friends again, all my family, they're well-intentioned, all these people, but they were like you need to stay there at least a year. Like try to put in two, you know, like for my resume or whatever. And when this other opportunity came along to work for the company I do now, I think it had been a little less than a year and I just made the jump. I was just like forget it. I'm I'm going to do this, this job and this is I know this is like my last. And corporate's kind of too strong a word for the job I have right now. I don't go to an office and, you know, it's it's pretty much a lot of what I do is very up my alley anyway. and even synergistic to a lot of my YouTube work. But I knew like this was my last job. So the resume doesn't really matter, right? Because I'm not, you know, God forbid something happens. I need to, you know, make a lot of money quickly. I feel hopefully I can figure that out and I need to get back into the corporate world. For that reason, I will. But I think it can be a tendency in the online community to take this all or nothing approach. And even when I'd work with coaches and business advisors, like they'd all advise me to be like, quit your job, just do yoga full time. Just quit your job. And that really bothered me. I would love to be working on my own business and just doing yoga and just doing my videos 24 seven. The flip side of that is that when it becomes more of a business, there's gonna be a little bit more stress there, right? It's gonna be a little bit more um, nerve wracking to me when I don't sell stuff. On a certain day, or, you know, it's going to up the stakes in a way. And I'm sure in one way that would be great. And maybe it would like get me moving even faster and things would snowball. At the same time, I'm just not in a rush to get to that place. A view I like to take, and I'd encourage listeners to try on this perspective. It's, if it's helpful is that if you have a glass, it's like a glass of water and the glass is always going to have a little bit of 20% maybe of like something you don't enjoy that much or like something that's not perfect, something that's not great. So right now, what's not great is I don't get to be a 100% full-time on my YouTube business. But the pro is that I still make great money. I make great money from my job, but then I also have money from my business coming in too. And if it were reversed and I was full-time on YouTube, I'd probably be a little stressed about money. That might affect how much I love and the quality and the content of the work a little bit. So, so it's like one situation's not better than the other. There's just trade-offs in both. Like both are probably 80% good and 20% stuff that's a little uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? It's just like that 20% of stuff that's a little uncomfortable is just different things. Mm-hmm. That's no. sort of how I look at it. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: thank you for sharing that. Cause I think you're right that I think like we can feel like a failure, you know, if you're trying to start a business and you're still working a day job. It's like people feel really bad about that, but actually there's no reason to feel bad about that. Like actually your day job, is funding your ability to do more things with your business, which is so much of a stronger position to be in than to be like desperate for money and like out there scrambling for clients and really coming at it from a position of like, I'll do anything for the money. Like if you've got a day job, then you're in more of a position of power where you can say, okay, I'm going to make the right choices. I'm going to go with my gut and build what I need to build, what I want to build, not just like chase around after getting the you know another client in so I can pay the mortgage. So yeah. And especially
1: in the first, you know, I'd say like three, even five years of your business, because those first years, the income's always not going to be as big as you want it to be. And you're going to be experimenting and failing like 80% of the time, right? So that those first couple of years are going to be experimentation and failure and like learning curve, no matter what. So to do those while you still have a, a job, I think is awesome. I mean, I think that's winning. I think that's smart there's different perspectives, right? I have a a, a close friend and she, I was, you know, I went to one of her events recently and I told her, I was like, you know, I'm kind of jealous. Like you're so full time and on in your business. Cause she just quit. Like she quit corporate. And she said, "Really, I'm so jealous of you." You know, she was like, "I just quit my job, and it took me a whole year with no money coming in to even figure out what I'm doing, right? To even like figure out like what my business is." Now I'm in year two, and you know, I'm still, you know, not a lot of money's coming in. I'm like just honing in on exactly what I'm doing now. She's like, "When you're full time, like you already have it, um, like figured out on the side, you know, built up, and when you quit and go full time, and you will, it's going to be, you know, it's just going to be so clear for you." So again, one approach isn't right and the other approach isn't wrong. I just, I do invite people, especially for me, and this is something that comes down from the women in my family. My mom really ingrained this into me that you always want to have money and be able to take care of yourself. You know, it's great. I have a wonderful husband. You know, it's wonderful when you can count on other people to support you. But just for me personally, it's very personal. I always want to be financially independent, secure, and have that ability to really take care of myself no matter what and not have that stressing me out at all. Mm -hmm. So with that being sort of my values and how I feel aligned and happy, this approach made more sense. Mm -hmm. And it's hard at times, but I mean, both scenarios are hard at times. So it's like, just pick your battle, right? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So if you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, give yourself some advice or a tip or a different mindset shift or something when you were first starting out, what would you tell yourself?
1: I would tell myself, it's funny. I was just thinking, I was like, I tell myself to get on YouTube earlier. And that's one of the things that's so exciting about Periscope right now for anyone that's using it. I mean, it kind of feels to me like YouTube probably did in 2004, you know, because it's like so new and so exciting. But to be more concrete, what I go back and tell myself is to really be consistent with my creation output. And I I feel pretty good because I Once I saw YouTube starting to work, I was like, okay, I should post a video like every every week. And then it became like twice a week. And now it's three times a week. And soon it's going to be daily. But whether it's... Whether you're doing YouTube or whether you're... Pick a platform, I'd say, right? YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever your platform is, and then really create consistently there every single day, or at least Monday through Friday and get your message out there. Because if you don't, you're not really in business. You've got to be Putting your message out there on a daily basis. So that would be the biggest thing I would tell myself. And now I do that like a religion. I mean, my day hasn't started until I've posted to Facebook, posted to my groups, posted to Instagram <laughs> and done whatever YouTube stuff needs to get done that day. And then hopefully a Periscope gets in there later that day as well. Okay. I just counted. That's like five or six outputs. That would be my biggest advice to myself back then and to anyone now. Output, output tell the world your message so people can find you.
0: Well, yeah. And I think you're hitting on consistency, which is Consistent. so
1: important. It's yeah. like, if this is a job. I mean,
0: this is a business. It's a job. And it's not just like, you know, updating social media when you feel like it. I think if you really want to build an audience, you've got to show up every single day and put it out there. And I love your approach of doing it first thing. Because the thing you do first is the thing that's going to get
1: done, right? So oh,
0: just 100%. scheduling it in.
1: Yeah, we could do a whole another podcast on how I like manage my energy throughout the day because that is, it's difficult, right? Because I have this, I have a job and I have the, you know, so I think very carefully about like what I do in what order and how my whole day is structured because I'm doing way more than, you know, I think a lot of people do in a day. Like that's just one of the cons of like the, the situation I'm playing right now. But you really hit the nail on the head when you said consistency. And that's one of the biggest things I took away from when I went to YouTube is the one of the woman I women I met there who's a total rock star. She now has over 500,000. So she's close to a million subscribers. And that was one of the things she and I really talked about when I talked to her. She said, consistency is everything and treating it like a job. I think a lot of people who have the full-time job with the side job, the side job doesn't take off because they're just like, I'm tired. And so they don't do the consistency. They don't treat their side job like a job. Mm -hmm. And you've got to treat it like a job if you're you know really planning to exit and <laughs> planning to make that shift, otherwise it's not going to work. So if that means getting up an hour earlier or you know maybe doing work at night instead of watching TV, if you're dedicated, like that's what has to happen mm-hmm. and make a schedule for yourself. like it says on the top of my channel banner Monday and Wednesday, I have new videos every Monday and Wednesday so Monday morning and Wednesday morning, that's the first thing as I publish that video. If that is a religion. And I actually post every every Friday as well. Like the banner just hasn't been updated. right? <laughs> and same to all my social media channels every single day, Monday through Friday.
0: Awesome. Brett, it's been so great talking to you. Can you let us know where people can find you if they want to get in touch? And of course, watch your awesome videos.
1: Yes. So you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel. So Brett Larkin Yoga on YouTube, B-R-E-T-T-L-A-R-K-I-N. So if you just Google my name and yoga, you'll find me on YouTube and I would love it if you would subscribe and support. And you can find me on my website, brettlarkin.com. B-R-E-T-T-L-A-R-K-I-N. And I have a free, if you're interested in that, like hacking yoga into your lifestyle, doing yoga while you're blow drying your hair and stuff, um, course, if you just go to brettlarkin.com forward slash hacks, H A C K S for yoga hacks. That's all free videos just around that topic. So that might be really fun for listeners who are busy because, you know, that course was really inspired by how busy I was that I needed to like sneak stretching (laughs) into all parts of my day. So I think it's like really perfect for entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs.
0: Cool. I'll link that up in the show notes so everybody can get to it really easily. So thank you so much for being here, Brett. It's been really great talking to you.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. It sounds like you have an amazing community and I can't wait to join your Facebook group. So thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. Don't forget you can get all the links of everything we talked about in the show notes, which you can get at wellpreneuronline.com, or you can get them by just tapping within your podcast app on the picture of the podcast and the show notes will show directly in your phone there. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, definitely do that. That's at Wellpreneur because I'm sharing every single day photos of just wellness business inspiration, really. And what's going on in my life here now that I've just moved to Hong Kong here at the conference in the Philippines this week, as well as just inspiration and tips for running your wellness business online. Thanks so much for being with me this week. And I'll see you back here next week with the next episode.